0: hello, I'm Patrick Schwenk, and I am so thankful that you are listening in with me today at Root Like Faith. It is our deepest desire to encourage and equip men and women to be rooted in God's Word, transformed by the love of Jesus, and moved by His mission in the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing is more important. Well, today I'm really excited because we have another special guest, someone Ruth and I have known now, I guess for over 10 years. And so we're going to be talking with her about her new book and how to open a child's heart to the beauty of learning, and so I can't wait to share today's episode with you and introduce you to our guest. And so let's get started. Well, my guest today is Sally Clarkson. Sally is a best-selling author, world-renowned speaker, and beloved figure who has dedicated her life to supporting and inspiring countless women to live into the story that God has for them to tell. Sally hosts a weekly podcast called At Home with Sally. Sally has been married to her husband, Clay, for almost 40 years, and together they founded and run Whole Heart Ministries, an international ministry seeking to support families in raising faithful, healthy, and loving children in an increasingly difficult culture. Sally has four children, Sarah, Joel, Nathan, and Joy. Sally, welcome to Root Like Faith.
1: Oh, it's so great to be with you again, Pat.
0: Well, Sally, thank you for I, having me. Yeah, we, I'm just excited. As we were talking before, I am so excited to to talk with you. You know, Clay was on the podcast just a couple months ago, and that was so much fun to talk with him. And so it's just really good to, to have the opportunity to, to talk with you today. So I really appreciate your time. You know, we have known each other now for over ten years, which is hard to believe.
1: I know yeah. it seems like longer. It, I mean, it seems like we've just known you all for much of our uh,
0: ministry life (laughs) yeah i know i was talking to ruth earlier just how you guys originally met because i think you guys met through a mutual friend and then ruth attended a conference uh, that that you were were putting on and so um that seems like forever ago and so we just are so grateful for you I was telling Clay when he was on that we just are so grateful for for your influence in our life and in our mm. marriage and family and of course we've been out um we've done some conferences with you guys and have stayed at your home on multiple occasions and so we just are so thankful for for your influence I was telling Clay when he was on the the story about how when Ruth and I were like, I don't even know if we were married yet, we were either newly married or just, you know, about ready to get married. And we were at a friend's house. Um, We have some dear friends, Michael and Barb Spencer, who just had a big impact on on our marriage and family. Uh, He was my youth pastor. And this was 22 years ago. Hmm. And we were at their house and they gave us a copy of Educating the Wholehearted Child. And so that was our first exposure to you and Clay uh, almost 22 years ago.
1: Mm, My goodness, I didn't know that story. That's really interesting.
0: Yeah. So we it's funny to think back that um, that that, uh, you know, they had given us that copy. Little did we know at the time that it was going to be maybe 10 years later uh, or a little bit after that, that uh, you and Ruth would meet. And so, again, we're just grateful for Uh, Your ministry and for uh, the friendship that we've had with with you guys as we get started I know we're going to be talking about your brand new book You've got a brand new book called a waking wonder Opening your child's heart to the beauty of learning. So we're going to be talking a little bit about that Uh, But before we do that, i'd love to to just kind of hear your story about your family And so I know we Mm -hmm. were talking a little bit earlier. I don't know that i've heard that part of your story And so tell us a little bit about how your parenting today is, is maybe different than, than the parenting you received when, when you were growing up. I mean, what was family life like for you as a child?
1: Well, I was, um, I was in a family of two older boys and then me, and I was born actually at about 31 or 32 weeks. Mm. I, I was only three pounds when I was born. I lost back down to two and a half pounds. Wow. And so um, just from that point of view, uh, my mom was always a little bit afraid um you know because I had asthma and pneumonia and ear infections and all this stuff when I grew up but God gave me a, an extroverted sort of personality at the time and so I I didn't want to have to stay inside because I was the quote unquote sickly child mm. and so I would fake it I mean I would um <laughs> You know, I was I wanted to play with the boys. I the, the old story is, is that um, my grandmother gave my two brothers a gun and holster set for Christmas and she gave me a doll and I took the doll and I threw it across the room <laughs> and I went over and I jumped on top of my brother. These are older boys and um older than me. And I I shook his gun. and I said, I want a gun. So um, <laughs> evidently I wasn't. Uh, you know, probably the most uh, quiet, easy child. So um, as I look back over my life, my parents were um, believers, they became more and more committed to the Lord as they grew older. Um, we, we grew up going to a church where I had more questions than I had answers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I was more of the, um, I I had a how do you know how do you say it? you know, kind of the 50s, 60s home uh, where we had meals uh, made for us and you know we had lots of, I don't know just normal life at school and all. But I always grew up thinking there should be more in life, there should be more in life. And my mom would say, "Why do you ask all these questions?" <laughs> and um, of course, by the time I got to um, when I was in later high school and early college age, Uh, there were the Vietnam Wars, and um, there'd been several assassinations, and there, uh, Martin Luther King, and all that went on with that, and abortion, and it was just a crazy time. And so I looked in every possible way that I could for more meaning in life, and um, felt like my, I irritated my mom and dad anyway, for having questions (laughs) and challenging what they said. And I I actually had a lot of uh, time on my own. I mean, I, I I feel like there are many things that I did and experienced that no one even knew because I was kind of on my own uh, in in you know later high school and college uh, because I was the youngest child, and so uh, I just longed to know that someone loved me as I was, um, without changing. And that was a transformative thought for me as a mm-hmm. as a young woman. Somebody literally knocked on my door in a 10th story dorm room. I've been praying if there's a God in the universe, could he please let me know him? And this very shy young woman knocked on my door, started sharing the survey with me. And then she said, no, you don't have to go through this little book called The Four Spiritual Laws if you don't want to. Um, but I thought God had sent an angel to start talking yeah. to me about him. Yeah. Because I I was longing, is there any foundation, is there any meaning to life in a kind of a pretty dark time in my life? Hmm. And um, so long story short, she got to the end of the prayer and said, you know, again, you don't have to do this, no pressure. I said, well, can I? Can I pray the prayer? (laughs) Um, You know, I was one of those people that you never find. That's right. (laughs) And um, I just longed uh, for unconditional love. And um, I longed for, a, uh, I just, I was probably ADD uh, when I was younger, still am. And <laughs> so my memory, a lot of times of school and even college was being bored and um, wanting to live a bigger, freer, wilder, mm-hmm. out of the box, uh, know who God was life. Yeah. And so that's kind of the part of the background coming into my life with clay yeah we were both extreme intuitives on myers-briggs and um we wanted we kind of moved in the direction of ideals because we'd seen a lot of christianity that didn't feel quite as authentic as we thought Mm -hmm. it should be if you knew the god of the universe shouldn't, shouldn't your life be different
0: yeah Yep.
1: So that's what led us kind of into some of these ideals.
0: Yeah, no, that's so good. I, I appreciate you sharing that that part of it. I, I don't know, again, that I, I've heard um, that part of your story. So I, I appreciate that. And you know, as we said uh, at the beginning, we're going to come back to your um, book, your new book, Awaking Wonder. So I want to dive into that now and, and just hear a little bit more about that. Again, the, the name of the book is Awaking Wonder, Opening Your Child's Heart to the Beauty of Learning. And so uh, tell us a little bit about the book And why is that message so important um, for families today?
1: Well, I think for one thing, because uh, my children are now in their 30s and, you know, 30, 36 and a half, 37, 33, 31 and 25. And they they made it out of our house and they actually still love us and they love the (laughs) Lord and they're all living very kind of very uh, intentional, focused lives, um, and really trying to make their own impact in the world. They kind of all caught a dream in our home. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so as I look back on everything that we did with our children, discipleship was a foundational key. We, we wanted to give them the kind of faith we had never had when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we didn't want them to have some kind of a reductive box. Uh, about what Christianity was. We wanted to expose them naturally to the God who painted the sunsets pink and who cast the um, galaxies into place and who gave every person uh, their own fingerprint. And um, we also wanted them to be free to ask questions, to get excited about the world that they were born into. And I feel like we have really as a culture become very reductive we um, kids sit in a row every single day they learn how to conform to culture and to each other and families are busy and uh, parents are trying so hard to make money and they feel like they need to provide lots of activities this is a very long answer but um, as i look back on many of the people that i knew um, whose children now are not following the lord don't have a sense of purpose in life and feel lost because many of the next generation do. I wanted to write a book. We already wrote a a home education book, as you said, you had it many years ago and people are still getting it today. But I wanted to write a book to to parents and say that that you only have one chance and what really matters. Uh, SAT scores, test scores are not going to shape the answers to the deep questions that your children are going to have. And as I look into the difficulties of culture right now, our kids need to have hope. They need to know that the whole world isn't going to burn down. They need to know that that their lives have significance, even though they've been isolated at home. And so we really, I wanted to write a book that gave them kind of their own awakening, wake up Um, these are human beings. You're shaping destinies. There is incredible potential when a child is made in the image of God. So it's, it's kind of a looking back on my life in my mid sixties saying, these are the things I wish that I could tell parents.
0: Yeah. That's so, you know, Ruth and I were talking the other day that you you just use that phrase. Um, I think you said, um, you wanted your kids to catch a dream. I think Mm -hmm. is how you said it. And, and I think that you know, Ruth and I were just talking the other day about how that, like, when when we're around you and Clay, I mean, that that's you, you just. I think you bring the, that out of people, um, and so I can just say from from our time with you guys, like, that's how I feel. Like when I'm when I'm around you guys, you just. I think you inspire people, whether it's a mom or or a dad, or you I know you're talking about your kids. Um, but that is, I think, so noticeable um, just by virtue of your your presence, and um, I think what you bring out of people. I know Ruth has has expressed that uh, on so many occasions. We were talking about that again last night. I know you guys were were talking, recording um, an episode for your podcast, and you you do. I think that that has been something that has just been so consistent in your messaging, um, you know, mm-hmm. as God has given you opportunities to write and to speak and just again, in, in private, as we've stayed with you guys, you, you do, you just bring that out of, of people. And, um, and so I know that we have appreciated that, um, just about your, um, you know, your heart. And I, I'm curious, like what gets in the way of that? Um, you know, you were talking earlier about sort of the, the brand of Christianity sometimes that that can be very Reductive, um, you were talking mm-hmm. about you know four spiritual laws, um, you know those kinds of things. But but what what gets in the way of of that kind of vision of who God is and that vision for the Christian life?
1: What a good question. You know, I I think that actually you asking me about my background helped kind of define some of this because I think that maybe God put a deep hunger inside of my heart when I was a little girl, when I was a teenager, when I was in college because i think that god has so much more for us mm-hmm. um he ha- i feel like uh, i keep using the word reductive but i think that um we're living in a technological age where everything is measured by if it's uh, efficient and if it can be done quickly and um here uh, I, I really feel like when i look back i pondered christ that's what people told me to do mm-hmm. when i first became a believer they said what is the God of the universe like? Because your goal in life is to know him. And I feel like sometimes um, faith in many places is is um, reduced to be good. These are the 10 rules to keep. This is the box yeah. you have to live within. And I think, boy, we must be so boring for God. <laughs> um, because... He is, uh, you know, he is the God who created texture and color and sounds and beauty. Yeah. Uh, Nathan used to say, I'm so glad that our God is out of the box. And I said, what do you mean, honey? And he said, well, you know, like God created the chili peppers for fajitas. And <laughs> he created um, golden retrievers to cuddle up to and, and Celtic music to dance to. And I I just love him, Mama. But mm. it feels like a lot of people we know just want to tell you everything you've done wrong hmm. and, um, and, and, um, you know, shake their hand at you and they love making you feel guilty. And he said, why would people believe in a God like that? Hmm. And so I think that part of our mission with people is to say, God created us for so much more for personal relationship, for living into our capacity as thinkers, as people with, who have been given skill sets, as people who can say, I wonder in the power of the Holy Spirit what you would imagine through me that I might bring light and beauty and goodness to bear in the lives of other people. And so I think that does get a lot yeah. to why I wrote this book.
0: Yeah, that's so good. You you almost sometimes wonder if it's almost like Christians sometimes need permission to have that kind of vision of the Christian life. Um, And, you know, we've talked about before on the podcast that that, you know, sometimes our our view of who God is and who we are starts in Genesis three when it ought to start in Genesis one. Exactly. Yeah. And, and God made us, you know, for, for life and truth and goodness and beauty, and we're made in his image. And, and so it feels like sometimes we don't go back far enough to what God originally had in mind for us and the vision to partner with him. And so I, I, I love that. Um, tell me a little bit, let, let's go back to this idea of, of inspiring this in a child's heart. Mm-hmm. Um, can you share maybe just a couple practical ways of how a wonder has looked for you and your family over the years? I mean, how do you take some of these values that you talk about in the book and, and reach a child's heart? How do you inspire them uh, to, to live up to that, that calling that you're talking about?
1: Well, there's two areas that I think are very um, foundational. And the first one is, is that um, God made us people who respond to love, unconditional love, affection, and, and affirmation. And uh, that's why he said the most important commandments were to love God and to love people. And so I think sometimes um, parents have a misconception that they're supposed to control their kids, first of all, or force them to do good instead of to reach their hearts. And the way to reach anyone's heart is to kind of look in their eyes and look inside their heart and say, what personality does this child have? How are they unique? What what drives them? How can I affirm them? And so I think it's narrating forward in that context of, I want you to leave my home knowing that you are deeply loved and valued because God made you yeah. a very special person within your own limitations of personality and drives and desires. And so I think the first thing that parents need to know is if they want their children to love the God that they love. They need to love them well. And um, so we would narrate forward into our children's lives. I love who you are. You are a friend of friends. Or when when you play music like that, I wonder if you're gonna comfort people all over the world. That's amazing. Or you're such a hard worker. Or you know what, this might have been a really hard moment for you, but I can see Spiritual muscle growing in you, and I believe in the man or the woman that you're going to become. And so, the first one is that whole idea of seeing our children every day with how may I love them well the way that God loved me unconditionally. Yeah. And then I think a second foundation for awakening wonder because it that opens their heart to wanting to learn from us. But the second thing is, uh, Jesus said that the student will be like his teacher. And I realized, I wrote down in my journal, what do I want my children to be like? And I thought, I want them to be um, curious and confident. And I want them to explore knowledge in the world and, and have a confidence at, at asking questions and synthesizing things. And I realized that I couldn't pass on to my children what I didn't myself have. Mm, yep. And so if I wanted them to be excited about reading, I needed to be reading and saying, listen to this amazing story. Mm. If I wanted them to have a work ethic, I needed to be working hard in front of them. If I wanted them to have virtue in their life, they needed to watch me live a life of integrity. And so we often think it's the school or the curriculum uh, or the philosophy of education that people need to start with. But I realized more and more that I wanted to say to people, no, no, who you are before you ever get to your children is the the well that they're going to draw from yeah and god created you to be holy and excellent and beautiful and good and so the more you grow and i was curious my kids uh we did a a video series uh recently with the book um, that people can find in our membership and Uh, We actually had 178,000 people who participated in it. We were shocked.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. Fantastic. (laughs) I know.
1: I think people are just hungry. It helped me to realize. So there are people out there in that world. Absolutely. But in the videos, my kids, one of the things they said is they said, we always felt like we were co-adventurers. And I said, well, what do you mean? And they said, well, we felt like every day, not every day, no day at Nina, where none of us is perfect, neither are kids, (laughs) but they said in general, We felt like you were learning with us. You were saying, isn't this an amazing story? I wonder if we can find out more about Mm. this. Or or when we would go outside, I'd say, isn't imagined creating this many kinds of leaves? And I wonder how God imagined the color green. And they said, we just felt like you were a mentor, a coach, a co-traveler on this great journey of education. So that, I think... Those are the kinds of things I want people to know. It's not about coming up with the perfect philosophy. It is about being full of life.
0: That's so good. I, I, you know, Ruth and I were laughing about this the other day, but we, one of the best things we did when we moved into the neighborhood that we're living in right now is we put a basketball goal up. And so it's like a magnet, you know, I mean, we have neighborhood kids that are coming over all the time. And so they're, they're out and we just have a a blast. Yeah. I'll go get, you know, Gatorade and, and we just have, have made it a fun experience. And it's, it's a great opportunity for us to, to be able to influence um, not only our kids, but their friends. But Mm -hmm. one of the things we were laughing about recently is that um, several of of the neighborhood kids were, they were hanging out, you know, in the garage after they got done playing a game recently. And Ruth and I were out there and we we got talking about books, you know, and we said, well, you know, what are you, what are you read? We're always trying to get, you know, kids to read that we just, we love to read and our kids love to read. And so we we got talking about um, books in particular Mm-hmm. And one of the boys said, why would I read a book? You know, he just sort of oh, looked at us really? you know, <laughs> dumbfounded. <You're> like. <laughs> and so he said, well, I, I you know, I, I don't know that I've ever read a book outside of what I'm supposed to read for school. And, and we said, well, maybe you should just start by listening to a book. And then he said, well, well, what would I do while I was listening to the book? And we said, well, you, you pay attention <laughs> to the story, you know, and so it was oh, it was rather really comical. But, but my point in telling you that story is that, you know, I, I can hear the listener who's saying, boy, like that's. Like my child is that child, perhaps Um, I'm just trying to get through the day and my son or daughter, you know, they, they, you know, they'd be content playing Xbox in the basement. And Mm so to the parent that maybe that's their struggle, that's their challenge. Like, Mm -hmm. how do you help that parent help that child really begin to long for higher and better things?
1: Well, again, it goes back to what I was saying a minute ago. It's not about controlling our children, saying, you will read this book. Right. But I think, um, you know, and I started out the first chapter of our book like this, because we're all in process. I mean, we kept wanting to have more children so we could do it right, you know, with yeah. one child, um, because <laughs> you learn so much as you go. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think that um, somebody asked my daughter, Sarah, once why she thought all of the kids ended up loving the Lord. And... Um, she said, I think it was the French toast with maple syrup and buttered pecans. <laughs> and the, they said, well, what do you mean? And they said, well, you know, we, we had fun. And so I would say with that child, do something totally unexpected for them. Um, you know, I, I'm making this up. But build a campfire and, yeah. um, and put on a mysterious book on Audible while you're all out Um, at the campfire, either um, warming up or eating popcorn or, you know, maybe um, I used to take my kids on rides in the mountains because we live near the mountains and we would put on books on tape or audio audible books, or we would put on loud music. And, and as, as we did things that they loved, which was to go, uh, you know, to listen to their music, to have great discussions in the car, you have a captive audience, or we would hike the mountains. And, um, ply them with the food they wanted or take them out to breakfast. And just thinking of things that might open up conversations with them. We had, um, we wrote a book a long time ago called, or not a long time ago, a few years ago called, The Life Giving Table. Yeah. And we would make table talk really fun. We valued their opinions. We would bring up controversial things and, and, um, you know, so I think, or maybe the first book you listen to is a book of one of their favorite movies. Yeah. Um, but you, you, you know, you kind of have to enter into what would interest them and what would be kind of beguiling to them. Right. And start that way. Because if, if you're trying to replace Xbox, it's gotta be pretty fun.
0: <laughs> that's you know. a tough challenge right there. Yeah. That's there a- you go. <laughs> no, that's really good. I, um, you know if you were parenting young kids today, you know as you just think about you know we I know we're talking a little bit about just engaging a child's heart and and um, you know how, how to do that. I mean, if you were parenting young kids again today and just knowing the, the culture today, like what would you do differently today and um, well maybe a better way of asking that is I mean what do you feel like are, are the greatest, sort of threats to, uh, to parenting today based on sort of the culture we're living in?
1: Well, I don't, I don't think our culture in general values children as human beings. They're, they're an expense. They're uh, somebody to, you know, to be manipulated or cared for. Um, but I think that as I look back, number one, I wouldn't have worried so much Mm -hmm. because, you know, we didn't have to be perfect. I think that I, I was reading an article recently and it said, one of the ways to increase your child's education is, and of course, everybody thinks by baby Einstein or you know whatever. <laughs> and it, it said, the more you kiss them on the top of their head, mm. the more their brains will respond to life. <laughs> mm.
0: wow.
1: And I think I would say um, God made children organic, um, you know, uh, touch them, love them, tickle them, play with them, yeah. w- go on long walks with them, uh, sing to them at night, say, you know. Uh, the bigger vocabulary, the smarter the child. So you say, look at the green tree out the window with the bluebird who's going peep, beep. peep. Beep. Yeah. Um, you know, you're narrating life to them. And I would say you don't have to spend a lot of money. You don't have to get a lot of expensive toys. But what they really want is you, your time, and a lot of love, a lot of affection. I mean, I, I, this is a whole different thing. Affection. Touch actually increases a child's ability to learn words. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Isn't that interesting?
0: It is. Yeah. Well, I, you know, as I was sharing with you before, you know, I think, you know, Ruth, early on when our kids were really young, i will just you one last last question here. But I know when our kids were young, um, your book, The Mission of Motherhood, really changed the course of Ruth's approach to being a mom. And so I want to ask you this last question, you know, what would you say to the mom today who feels like Ruth did when she was just trying to make it from day to day? I mean, how does that mom or, or dad who's listening even start with a waking wonder?
1: I think that, um, it's, I, I, was a person in process. So was Ruth. I think that when we've spent our whole life thinking in a different direction, I never even thought about being a parent. I'd never changed a diaper. Um, I just kept thinking if I got the right daytimer. I could tame my life. I had three children under five, and I would lose my patience, And and um, but I thought, I want to be a good parent. I want to love them well, but could they just one day be in control? Um, so the first thing is, know that if you feel behind the curve, that's so perfectly normal. But I also believe that, probably like with Ruth, deep within our heart, we have this on, written on our heart is a desire to love our children and to know how to be good parents. And so I feel like um, wise people copy wise people. Um, I think that one of the starting places is to read a book like Mission of Motherhood or I hope Awakening Wonder or something like that, But or to to discuss a book with some friends and say, what do you think about this? Is this crazy? Or what do you do with your children to help them to go to sleep at night? I think the more you can shape a vision around what really matters and, and how to value children, the more input you can get, the more you will have a, a road forward. Yeah. And, um, and so that's what I needed. I needed, you know, I, I just kept looking at scripture and seeking help. And I needed to understand that my adult um, vision of discipleship that I had gotten from Christ. He loved them. He served them. He yep. went on boats with them. He fried fish for them. Um, same way that he mentored his disciples yep. was how God could use me to mentor my own in the house disciples. And he made us to do this. And it's the best work I've ever done in my life because now my kids are my best friends. Yeah. And no one told me that that was possible.
0: Hmm. Let's go. We we have had the privilege of of spending time with you and Clay and your kids. I think actually Nathan is the only one I haven't met, but I've I've met and spent oh, really? time with with the other three. And mm-hmm. so Nathan is is the only one I haven't met yet. But I would just say to those that are listening, I mean your kids are amazing, and God has just oh. used you. In so many profound ways, countless you know families, but but obviously you you've done something right, and so mm. um, we just praise God for for your influence in in our life and in our kids' lives, and so um, thank you again, just from Ruth and I, I just want to thank you for the impact you've had on us and our family, and just on behalf of of the listeners that are listening in you know today, thank you for just your continued influence in ministry, whether it's speaking or writing. And uh, we just praise God for, for you and Clay and the impact that you've had on on a lot of families.
1: Well, you made my day. I'm going to go walk out of this room with a big head and I'm
0: going to go <laughs>
1: tell Clay, you know what, we, we must matter because Pat said we did. So
0: <laughs> I really appreciate
1: it, Pat. We just love you all and feel like we're all kindred spirits. So we must make yeah. time to get together again soon.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you again so much for for being on the podcast today. And uh, as always, you can go to our show notes on rootlikefaith.com forward slash podcast. And I will put uh, all of the notes there from today's episode, as well as a link to Sally's brand new book. And again, the title of that book is waking Wonder, Opening Your Child's Heart to the Beauty of Learning. I want to encourage you to go out and buy that. It's an excellent book. I had the opportunity to read it. And so um, please go check out the show notes for more information about the book. And then you can also follow us on Instagram at Patrick W. Schwenk and at Ruth Schwenk or on Facebook. And as if I don't say it enough already, we are thrilled that you are joining us and we welcome you into our family here at. Root Like Faith. And so be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you don't miss an episode.